Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to another episode of Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness. I am so delighted that you are here with me today because we have a very special guest with us. Today we have Miss Susan Lax. She is the author of the book, A Heart's Landscape, An Invitation to the Garden of Moments. She is also a spiritual counselor and co-owner of the business Naot, which is uh, fascinating that she's doing all of these things. And I cannot wait to find out more about her story and how she's helping people in a major way, people who have been affected by illness or who are getting ready to transition to the other side. So stay tuned we have a great show today susan i want to thank you so much for being here with us well thank you for having me and hello to all the listeners now your story is really really interesting i love this so you were touched by illness because you had a friend who became sick and so you uh started writing inspirational words to your friend but i'm going to let you tell us more about that um how did you how did you helping a friend turn into now what you do for what I would call your purpose or your passion in life? So I actually was a spiritual counselor before that. Um, at a certain point, um, after my children kind of were getting older, I um, decided to go back to study and I had this very big calling or passion to study about spirituality. And it started out actually in Jewish spirituality. I am from Israel. Um, and I figured that was a place where I could know some things and figure out. And of course, then my heart grew and said, wait, spiritual counseling is for all human spirits. And um, that took me to that. So um, when my friend, about 13 years ago, I was already working with women that were post and pre mastectomies. And at the time, I found out that my friend was touched by cancer. And it became very uh, obvious that she did not want anyone to reach out to her. She wanted to keep this to herself. And of course, I wanted to honor that. But she was and is a dear friend of mine. And uh, I missed her. I missed talking to her. So I had this idea and I said, wait, I'm going to write her an email. And in the email, I said, Stephanie, I'm writing you an email. You can tell me, write back and say, don't send me any emails and you don't have to answer them. But if I hear nothing, I'm going to continue to write them. And the concept in my heart was, but it was really important for me that Stephanie know she wasn't cancer. She was Stephanie. She was not her illness. She was still the wonderful woman that I knew her to be. And I started writing things that had nothing to do with, with cancer, nothing to do with illness and no tasks. That's a very big part of me. There are no tasks because you know, even in grieving, there are five stages of grieving. And then someone who's grieving goes, wait, I'm not at that stage. Something's wrong with me. There's no right or wrong here. There's no right or wrong. Um, and there's, there's only what's right for that person who's going through what they're going through. And it was the same thing for Stephanie. So I really just wrote things about life, about moments. 
because when someone is very ill and in, in the valley of uncertainty when it comes to their illness, days are, are, can be toxic, you know, in the sense of time, time. So if we can focus just on moments, then my idea was, well, if I can offer you perhaps a moment of good or an inspirational moment, then maybe it'll be contagious because it is contagious. And then maybe there'll be moments after that allow it to be good. Yeah. And in the midst of, of dark days, if we have just one moment of good, one moment that makes us be able to tap into our joy, that, that is so much. And so I started writing to her about things that I, you know, I practice awareness and I started sharing with her, oh, I saw this or I saw this. And there is that, you know, it's like looking outside the window of cancer or of illness and saying, no, you can, you can, you don't only have to look, you can be there. Maybe not with the same two feet that I'm there, but it's yours as well. And for months, I never heard from her in the sense of in relating to that. I spoke to her after a couple of months, but we never talked about it. So I just kept doing it. And I would get up at six in the morning because I knew she was an early riser. And I knew that at 6.30 on the dot, she was heading for her treatment. And I wanted her to have this beforehand. And it was never scheduled. Remember 13 years ago, there was no scheduling really as much. And, right, right. And so probably about seven or eight months into it, maybe six months into it, I got the flu. Um, and I couldn't get out of bed. So I figured, okay, I wasn't going to write it. But at 7.30, my phone rang. And I knew immediately her voice. And she just said, where is my morning blessing? And I said to her, I, I remember I was like, like this for a second. Wow. And I just said to her, I'm ill today with the flu, but I promise it'll be there tomorrow morning. And that continued for 365 days, right? A whole year. And then towards the Jewish New Year, she came over to my house and I spoke to her and we never discussed it. It was never mentioned, which, you know, if I look back on it, I think, wow, that's such a trust. That's such a trust of friendship. And she came over with her husband and her children and her husband came over to me and he said, Susan, I just want to let you know, because it, it was at the end of the year that I have printed out all your and they called it morning blessings and made a book for her Aww. of them. And I think knowing that the, the power of words that can possibly bring a moment of inspiration that will translate into a moment of good or a moment that one can tap into joy was like, wow. And I mentioned it while I was doing this to these group of women that I was working with at the same time. And they said, wait a second, what do you mean she's getting these morning blessings? Why should we get them? And thus morning inspiration was born. And um, I started writing it. And from all over the world, I, I, people would contact me without any questions asked why. It was just, can I receive it? And so that, you know, it grew and over 13 years, it has evolved. My writing has evolved. I have evolved. And it no longer, it began just going out to women. And then men started knocking on my door. And then it grew to people that are not 
ill. They're just want some words to, to, to make a good moment for themselves. And, um, and then through those years, Melissa, people would say to me, why don't you put them in a book? Why don't you put them in a book? And I said, mm, no, for me, I didn't want to mark it. I just, it was, it'll arrive to who it's supposed to get to. That was my, I still believe that in all honesty. And, um, and then COVID hit. And a friend of mine was publishing something about his parents' experience in the Holocaust. And I started asking how he was doing it. And, you know, COVID was not a gift in any shape or form. The time COVID gave us was a gift for those that did have time with it. Because for so many that I know, it is not connected to that word gift at all. But the time that was offered to me that I was at home, in lockdown, mm -hmm. and I went through 3,684 morning inspirations. And um, one second, I'm so sorry about that. And I had to choose 135, I believe. So I got to visit with my past. <clears throat> I got to visit where I was 10 years ago, nine years ago, because they're really about moments of my life. They're not moments of other people's lives. Yeah. <coughs> I love that. And I, you're so right. I think that everybody needs words of inspiration to start each morning to appreciate each and every day because life can be so difficult. And it especially it has been difficult for many people for the past few years. Any little thing that can help make your morning a little bit better I think is so necessary. Right, and my intent with this, so when I put this together in the book and I, I had a vision of what this book was going to be and how it would look, it was never an issue for me to think. And I, I wanted this book to be a book that sat, just sat in your home, be it next to your bed or on a coffee table. And when you wanted to, you opened it and to any page. And even took your finger, I tell people sometimes, just take your finger, open the book, and wherever your finger lands, that word is what you need to hear on that day. And that may cause your heart to be a little more attentive or more aware of something that you weren't paying so much attention to. Yeah, it's sort of like people who use oracle cards, too, to try to get messages for themselves for the day, too, like this is this is my intention for today, or this is what I should focus on for the day. So I like that suggestion. I think that's great. Right. And I wanted it to be like a hand, like anyone who needed to hold a hand, that it's there. And there's no beginning and no ending to this book. And there's no bad time or good time. And if someone opens it once a year, that's fine too. And if someone opens it every day, that's okay too. You know what? I send out my morning inspiration three times a week. And because I don't know so many of these people, I've never met them. I don't know what they look like. And I don't always know if they're reading it or not reading it. And I do get, there are people that I know read you all the time because they respond all the time. And then all of a sudden it could be after two years, I get an email from someone and they, they write to me something about how it affected their, their day. 
And I think that's, for me, that's the beauty that it reaches someone someplace at some point. And I got a beautiful note from someone this week who is going through um, treatment for cancer that's not easy. And she wrote to me and she said, I want you to know that your book is part of my healing process. And I said, mission accomplished. To me, that is mission accomplished. And, you know, in today's world, Melissa, there is so much healing that has to be done. Mm -hmm. There is so much on a personal level and on a wider level. And I think that good is contagious. And once you, good touches you, it never leaves. That good that touched you, it stays. And it will be in your soul's memory. And it can be in the drawer in one of the rooms of your soul where you can open it whenever you want and let it touch you again. And then it touches somebody else at a moment unexpected. And I think that's the beauty of the human spirit. Definitely. That's the beauty of the human spirit. And when we hear words sometimes, I, when I'm working with grieving families, they remember a word that was sent, said to them, or they remember someone just holding their hand. They remember that feeling and it doesn't, it doesn't go away. It stays. And that's good because then they can pass that on. Yes. Then they can pass it on. And that makes such a difference. It has such an impact. We were talking earlier before the show started and I was telling you that when my mom was battling cancer, she had a niece who would send her an inspirational message every day. And it meant so much to her. Like she always talked about that. She would say, you know, oh, that sweet Bonnie sent me a message again today. Oh, did you see what she sent me today? And she would show me. So it really does create a positive ripple effect because, you know, it made her happy and it helped keep her positive. And then she would in turn want to show me what she sent or send me what she sent so that I could see then, you know, and experience positivity too. So you're right. It absolutely sends out a ripple effect when you uh, touch others with positivity. And, you know, people say to me, well, how do you work with people towards the end of life? You can't really tell them, oh, time. And it's about the moment. And it's like so beautifully you shared about those moments with your mom. And for those moments, she felt good. Her heart smiled. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what we, we can offer each other as moments to let our heart smile, right? But we have to do that first with ourselves. We need to know how to do that with ourselves. And once we do it with ourselves through, through heart attentiveness, through awareness is really, and through pause, that's really important thing, pause. Because pause does not mean take 20 minutes to meditate. You know, I do that, but, but I, it, for everybody it's different. But pause is just for everyone, it can be a pause, 30 seconds but just pause and let let everything pause for those 30 
seconds or for that minute or for those two minutes. And I offer to people who say, I don't have time to pause. And I say, well, when you brush your teeth, you know, you're supposed to brush your teeth for three minutes. You're supposed to. Well, just let's just say it's like that. You have the time to do that. So it's just like if we owned a car and we didn't give it the oil and the gas or the electricity it needed, it would not drive. How could we not take care of our soul the same way and give it the nutrition and the food that it needs? Yeah, exactly. So super important. And you're right, it doesn't have to be a, a really long, intense pause, even just stopping a few times throughout the day. I find sometimes even just doing a quick energy check in with myself and how am I feeling and okay, I'm stressed and overwhelmed. I need to stop and take a few deep breaths. And it can be something as simple as that. Exactly. And someone asked me today, they said to me, so what would be your advice in today's world that is, this is all going on and COVID and now what's happening to those poor souls in Ukraine and to just life and it, without all of that, you know? So, and I said, well, I don't usually give advice. I usually guide and let people find what works for them because no two souls are the same. So what works for me may not work for you. And so I'm there to guide you to, to hear what's, what's inside and then figure out a way that you, you can figure out a way through my guidance how to do it. So I don't give advice, but I, I do say that, you know, I have people that have told me, I, I decided on the pause, and this is what my pause is. I get up in the morning, I look in the mirror and I go, hello, beautiful. That's my pause. Or there are people that have little post-its that they said their pause just says pause. And so I think it's a wonderful thing to explore what allows me to pause so I can have an attentive heart. What is it that allows me? Because once we have an attentive heart, there's, there's no end to the possibilities that can, we can meet along our paths. Yes. Um, and I, I really do hope that a heart's landscape offers that. That's my hope, that it reaches different corners in the world for different people in, and they have that moment of, Wow, a moment for me to be able to be aware with me and myself. Yes. And once we do that, we can be aware of our neighbor and the person in front of us and the person in line and the child on the street that has nothing to eat. And I think that that, to me, that is really more important than anything is letting awareness inspire us and inspire the connections we can do because inspiration connects us right yeah absolutely if uh, you're inspired by something and <laughs> and you tell someone else that's like whoa you're connected through that inspiration yeah it's as simple as that right it's as simple yes. as that absolutely and i think you're right in that when you find that awareness of what's going on around you and then you find the connection you want to connect more and 
I think that creates another huge ripple, a positive ripple out into the world, which is part of the healing that I think we so deeply need right now. Oh, uh, it, it really is, you know, the human spirit is amazing, Melissa. The human spirit is amazing. It, 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 it just needs the chance to show it. Yes. And, right? And yeah. so when there's all these other things that are going on all over the place, the picture becomes very unclear. And we kind of feel that we're walking in this valley of uncertainty. And okay, how, you know, people are dancing all kinds of dances, but they kind of don't know which way to go. And, and I think that what helps with clarity in these valleys of uncertainty, in this chaos, is number one, connection, right? It's just, I say, just put your finger out and touch someone else's finger and see how your moment has changed. Yes. See how your moment has changed. It's as simple as that. Yeah. It, it, it really is. And it allows us then to hear and to listen, right? It's like listening is one of those tools that, that we as a society and as human spirit, we can do it. We, we can really do it. And how great is that? But we have to first know how to listen to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to dive in because I want to pivot the conversation just a little bit because uh, I know that one of the things that you do right now as a spiritual counselor is that you help people who've been affected by illness or the families of those who have been affected and even people who maybe know that they are going to be crossing over that they know that their illness is severe enough that they're at their end of life and I know that that has to be extremely difficult work and also probably very gratifying at the same time, I would imagine. Uh, so tell us a little bit more about that. How do you work with these individuals and their families? So um, I think, again, every family is, is, has their, their chemistry and then each person in that chemistry has their own uh, thing. It really is, a, I try to create a heart, a safe heart space because a lot of times people feel, um, from my experience and being someone who, who has experienced much grief in her life, um, is that the guilt of being able to, to, how can I possibly experience this emotion that I call joy when someone I love is, is dying or even after they leave this world. Mm -hmm. I, and, um, so basically, I help them understand that a moment of, of good, a moment of laughter, is a moment of healing. It's a moment of healing. It is not a moment of disrespect. And it is a moment of healing. Mm -hmm. And one never truly heals from grief, right? Grief is not something that just goes away and it's gone. You know, I like to explain grief is... Grief is again in one of those draws that we have and it goes through different waves. It comes, you know, when we see a picture or we, a date or a music or, and grief cannot be seen, right? It's like when someone hurts their ribs, when they break a rib, you can't see that on the outside, but ask the person who broke their ribs. Every time they take a deep breath, they're in major 
agony. It's the same thing with grief, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's, um, but what I try to share that the more moments that they allow themselves to smile, that they gift themselves a moment to tap into joy, grief does not own their day. And, you know, we, we go through different times where, as I said, things that bring grief up more, but it also is time, right? It's time that we're going through. And it's just like when we first get a really, really, really bad punch in the stomach, it really, really hurts really badly. And it takes a while, but it slowly doesn't always hurt us there, but it could be at another time when someone touches that one area where we got that terrible punch, we'll go, wow. And that's part of the circle of grief. It's part of our story. Anything we experience is part of our story. And as I tell them, there's no right or wrong way to do this. And that's really important message for me. It is really finding what allows those people to get to moments where they can feel and can say, I'm here, this is my moment, and what am I doing with it? And I think that, that that's probably the biggest thing that I work with them on is, is that it's okay, it's okay, it's okay to smile. It's really okay. Because, you know, in the Jewish religion, there's a beautiful tradition that for seven days when someone passes from this world into the next, um, they stay in their house, the immediate family, and they don't have to invite people or people don't have to ask. People just come. They just come and they come and they come and they bring food and they come and the people that are grieving don't do anything. And it's also told that the soul of the person who has left this world hovers over that house for a week to make sure that the people they love are, are comforted. And then they go and they, they free themselves and they, they're out there. And I can share with you that people that I loved and love, you don't stop loving someone just because they're not here. Right. It's very important for me. Again, I share with them. Um, I feel they're here. They're, they're not there. It's okay to say, hey, I feel you. It's okay. Nobody's going to think you're crazy. Nobody's going to think you're crazy, you know? And, and people will say to me, you know, I saw this bird and I, I think that bird was my mom. And I say, it was, it was. Um, it's really making it that how you are and what you are is okay. Also in the process of grieving. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you have seven days where people come in because I can tell you that doing a wake and a funeral, it's so hectic and crazy and busy that you don't really even have time to grieve during that process. And it's the time after when everyone leaves and you're alone that is hardest. So I love that the seven days, because I don't know, to me, that would be even a little more comforting to have 
people around and loving you a and little caring. longer. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And in the amount of time that we do things here, it's so quick. You know, I, you don't see everybody who comes and shows up because there's so many people and it's so busy. And during those seven days, you don't really, I can tell you that when I sat, we call it Shiva in Hebrew, which means from the word sitting, right? You're just sitting, right? From, um, and, you know, when my mom passed, you know, I was young and I was there with my sisters, I remember, and um, the house was full of people and then everybody left and it was the last day and it was very quiet because our our partners all left whoever had children they left and and we went outside and we each had a glass of wine and um i can as i share the story i can feel the emotion so strong of looking at each other and realizing what had just happened like, because, you know, it, 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 without words, and we sat out and it was a beautiful summer night in Israel, the summers are beautiful. And um, we just started laughing. And it was one of the most healing moments that I can remember. Mm-hmm. So I say that because laughter is healing. So if laughter is healing, it's okay to laugh when you're grieving. Yeah. And it's okay to laugh a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, six years, seven. Because I, I'm almost sure that the person who passed, if the two of you were in a loving relationship, would be so happy to know that you were laughing. Yeah. That is... It is especially healing. Um, I remember, so the night of my mom's, well, the night of her passing and the night of her wake, the night of her passing, a local restaurant owner that, you know, we frequented this establishment a lot and they had done so much when my mom got sick to help her and were so kind. She said, come back to my restaurant and she just put out food and she played the jukebox and played like all of the songs that my mom loved. And it was so fun, but also like everyone is, you know, crying and laughing and same kind of thing. And the same thing happened the night of her wake. We said, oh, let's go grab a bite to eat. So we went to the same restaurant and we all ordered food. And again, started playing the jukebox, singing the songs that she loved and it was, one of the things that helped the most, I think, through this process. Right, right. And I think one of the other things that I, I try to offer is where, what lifts your spirit? Who lifts your spirit? And that's a time that to come into, into touch with that, into awareness with that. What lifts your spirit and who? And it's okay to say, you know what? I need a hand to hold today. It's okay to do that. Yes, you have to have people around you, I think, to support you because that is what helps get you through things. You know, um, you have people who 
reach out and say, are you okay today? And, you know, sometimes you don't want to talk, you know, but sometimes you do. Sometimes you say, yeah, today's rough. Today, I'm, you know, today I'm struggling. So today I need somebody to talk to, but then other days you're like, no, I'm okay. I'm just, you know, so it's important, I think, to have the, the support team and just the tools around you to help you get through it. Right. And I think, you know, I write in my book, um, one of the things I write is just be there with her. It's one of my morning, my inspirations. And I talk about that because I think it's so appropriate for the world right now and for that. And words don't always, don't do it. And telling someone it's going to be okay definitely doesn't do it. Right. Or it's going to be fine. And there is nobody here that can promise anybody that something is going to be fine. <laughs> there is but a moment can be okay if a hand is given and someone is just there just there just be there with her yeah no words needed and i think one of the the, the sentences that i use when i know someone who has lost someone dear to them in my work or in my personal life is how can I support you just that sentence yeah I'm here how can I support you and it opens the door it just opens the windows and the doors and says it's it's safe it's safe because support means so many different things yeah and absolutely. that's really and that's really in my job that's what I say when people come to me how can I support you? What is it about this that I can support you with? Because I can't fix anything. Yeah. I can't, I, I can't possibly fix anything. All I can do is show someone the way that there are moments of good and there are going to be moments that are hard. But the more good moments you have, the more you know how to deal with the harder ones. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. Yeah. Well, I love that you work with people and that you do that because I think there is such a need for that. I know um, when my mom was in the hospital, we were met with a lot of coldness um, because I think that some people in the medical profession are just have become so calloused and maybe numb to the dying process, but for us, you know, like no one prepared us for how much time or whatever. They just like blurted out like, yeah, well, you're dying and you have six months and we didn't know anything. Mm, yeah. So to have and people that can guide you through that and so, like you said, support you because some people need more support than others. Some people need someone saying that, you know, this is what's going to happen, but it, you'll get through it, it will, it will be, you know, I know you say it will be okay, but some people need to hear that, that, right. you know, you will get through it. And yes, you'll have your hard days, but you'll have your good days. And you just have to learn when the days are tough, what can I do to help? So I focus on moments as opposed to days, because yeah. days are long. Yeah. And if we true. just have moments, it makes it a little bit lighter for our heart. 
-hmm. A day is of 24 hours. That's a long time to tell someone you're going to have a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, right. So if I focus on the moments, you know, and, and another thing, Melissa, is that, you know, one of the things is preparing how someone wants to exit, mm-hmm. you know, and um, that's, that's, it, it, we prepare for birth, right? So much preparation goes into it. And I'm not talking about funeral or this or that. What will make those moments for that person and their loved ones? You know, I always say when I exit, I want really good music. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love music. Yeah. Um, and that, that's, that's, that's part of how I am I, I, there in a supportive way is that these decisions, you know, because we think we have no, no power. There's nothing in our control when this happens, but there are moments are in your control. Yeah. Moments. That would have been so awesome to have had that planned out of like, this is what we're going to do. And this is the plan. And, you know, and I think so many people don't think about that, but you're right. You have control over a lot of things, even if, Maybe you can't control that you're going to be exiting this life and that isn't right. necessarily wanted. You can control the way that you do it sometimes. So I do right. like giving people that final comfort, I guess, in yeah. being surrounded. And that's, you know, the one thing that we were able to do for her was just be surrounding her. That's huge. That's not one thing. That's a huge thing think about how blessed she was to have you around her that that was lifting her in the most beautiful way that anyone that that is you know I call it a tray of compassion and love right you had a tray of compassion and love how lucky and blessed she was and you know you can carry that gift that you gave to her and I'm sorry that you had such bad experiences with the medical field and um, because compassionate care is part of what a doctor should have, right? It's, it's sometimes even more important than other things. And so I have told some people that have shared some stories like you're sharing with me. And I've said, well, when you go back in there, say to them, is it possible to get some compassionate care? If you can't, is there someone else that can offer that? Yeah. It makes all the difference, really. It really and is. that and that that opens the door to either the doctor realizing, wait a second, I gotta ground myself and she can say, okay, now, or saying, actually, I have someone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So so these are things that now you can help others by sharing that information. Um, Absolutely. I mean, I think you have to advocate for your loved ones and for yourself when you go into a hospital or, you know, especially because uh, often when you go in, you're not their patient. You have, they don't know you. They don't know your medical history. You're just somebody who wound up in their care because you ended up in the hospital. So that's why I think, and I know it's not that way everywhere, but I think that that is often why people get discouraged because they get 
doctors who are just looking at a chart or they're just looking at a, an imaging and they're not really looking at the person as a person who, you know, is hearing for the first time that they're dying or, you know, hasn't been prepared. So I think that it's so important. And that was one of the things that we tried to do for her was to, you know, be her advocate and say, you know, that's great. This is someone's oh. mother. <laughs> yes, but how, how blessed she was to have you. How blessed she was to have you there. What a wonderful gift. And thank you. And I want to thank you so much for all the work you're doing, because I think it is so necessary. And what a beautiful gift you gave your friend, which turned out to be way more than just your friend. It ended up blessing so many people. So that is awesome and amazing. And I love that you're doing that and that you had done that for her, because I can tell you firsthand how much that helps and lifts people up who are going through such a tough situation. And now there's this book that people don't have to wait for someone to do that, or you don't have to wait to be ill. Yes. That is, you know, someone said to me, that book should be in every doctor's office and it, <laughs> and it should be in every home. You don't have yes. to wait to be ill. Yes, and so I agree with you. That, 100%. That, 100%. Right. And if there are people yes. out there listening who want a copy of your book, maybe they're saying to themselves, I need that uplifting right now. If they want a copy of your book, or maybe they would like to work with you, maybe they are going through an illness themselves or know someone who is, what is the best way for them to get your book or to contact you or to follow you? So you can go to my website, susanplax.com, and all the information is there, where to purchase the book. You can contact for me you can sign up for my morning inspiration there as well and I think in all social media but mostly important I love hearing from people so even if you just want to write to me and just say I heard because you are my inspiration all the people and the human spirit that is out there and I really thank you for that and I just really would like to wish every one of your listeners and you and your family, Melissa, that may moments of beauty surround you. And may you invite your heart to see them, to feel them, and to share them. And in addition, my prayer goes out to all the people of Ukraine that under this horrible war that is going on. And I pray for their safety and may the world not stand still and help them. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. And I'm gonna have the link to her website in the show notes. So you can go directly there if you wanna buy the book or just drop a message to Susan and follow her. This was such an amazing conversation. And I wanna thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you, Melissa, and thank you to all your listeners that took time to hear us. Thank you. I okay. want to thank you guys, too. Thank you so much for being here with us today. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. And the greatest compliment you can pay me is to share it with anyone you think might enjoy or benefit from it. I also want to encourage you to follow me on social media. And if you want to work with me, you can go to my website, melissaoatman.com. I hope you guys have a beautiful day from wherever you're listening. As always, I am sending you guys so much love and light. 
and I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.